Hello again, everybody. Chris Hislop from the Montana World Affairs Council. And here's what, so what, now what? The international affairs program that connects you with an expert on the issue of the day. And in just five short minutes, you become the expert. We're doing a series with the International Development Program at the University of Montana, where we're bringing students on to tell us a little bit more about key issues of the day. This is helping us prepare for Academic World Quest, which is a program the Montana World Affairs Council puts on for the best and brightest of Montana's high school students every year to come together and talk about and learn about international issues. Today, I'm joined by Isabella Chambers. Isabella, how are you doing? doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm really good, but I got to tell you, I'm confused. I think for me and for many people, we know what the word Bitcoin is, but we don't really know much more than that. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about digital currency. Over to you. Well, honestly, I was on the same page as you. I didn't, Bitcoin was everywhere, but I didn't quite know what it was. So Bitcoin can be under a category of digital currency. And although it might sound a little sci-fi, it's actually something that is happening in our world right now. And the explicit definition of digital currency says little more about it than the name itself. But basically it's a currency that exists only in the digital or electronic form. So unlike when you have your online bank on your phone and you go to an ATM to draw money, digital currency, there's no physical form. So you can't take it out. It's all online. And there are many different kinds of digital currency. Um, it's kind of a blanket term to describe all electronic money. Um, so there, the main ones is just virtual currency, cryptocurrency, and central bank digital currency. And there's lots more, but I'm just going to go into these three today. So basically, virtual currency and cryptocurrency is actually under the category of virtual currency. So it's basically controlled by the creators and it's used and accepted among the members of the specific virtual community. So basically, there's these, there's a community of people who control it and allow people to buy it, allow people to hold it, allow people to sell it. And it's not controlled by a bank at all. And this is why people actually have an incentive to use it. And that's because there's no price to um, transfer money. There's no price to like deposit checks or anything like that. And it's also a really efficient way to transfer money to other people. Um, and, but there is one thing is it's very, I'm sure everyone has heard how, how big Bitcoin got, like how the inflation of it became really insane. At one point, like one Bitcoin was $3,821. Amazing. Yeah. And so a lot of people were wondering, how is this even possible? Like, right. what is the point of it? And so it is an interesting investment. Thing because you can buy a Bitcoin when it's very low and mm. then you can wait and hold it until then it inflates a lot more and then you can sell it. So a lot of people are just in this market um, to make a profit. Oh, right. I, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really interesting, Isabel. But And in addition to that, I mean, um, people are buying and selling things presumably with virtual currency. Is that also happening? Yeah, it's also just 
being used as a form of money like we do on a day-to-day basis but just online kind Ah. of like kind of like paypal or venmo where you just transfer money from your phone to someone else's phone well i mean you mentioned some of the benefits and i mean they seem you know a particularly well-suited for currency, you know, uh, low cost, very efficient. Um, but, you know, why Why does this matter to us right now? I have a wallet with um, some cash in it, some credit cards. That seems to work fine for me. You know, why should we be thinking about or concerned about um, digital currencies? Yeah, that's a really good question. And honestly, right now, I don't think physical money is going to go out of fashion any time in the near years, but it is something on the large global scale. Um, because in fact, I didn't know this, but the US only one tenth of our money is physical money. All else of it is in electronic form. And so it's just kind of a more secure way to keep your money. So you can't, it's not something physical that you can lose. And it's just on your digital online platform that can't be taken away. Like there's a lot more security on it. And and, and more, uh, mm-hmm. on that security, could I just sorry to interrupt Isabella, but that um, there is a way that this is very secure. Can you can you tell us about that? Yeah. So um, a lot of people question since this is not through a bank, since it's through just online, how is it secure? Like how do you know someone's not going to take your money and it's because of this technology called blockchain and blockchain is basically the security of the the system and cryptocurrency is called cryptocurrency because there's so many like um encryptions that make it so difficult for people to get into um and it's basically just the technology that keeps it all very secure very extraordinary. I mean, um, when people talk about virtual currency and digital currencies, they talk about the future, right? That this is coming. So um, can you look into your crystal ball, Isabella, and tell us, you know, what might we expect maybe in the in the very near future on digital currencies? Well, along with the benefits that if this becomes a bigger thing in our modern day world and people learn how to use it, Cause that's the most difficult thing is a lot of people don't even know what it is. And it takes a lot of time to understand it and to know how to use it or to be courageous enough to go into it because it can be a little intimidating. But I think that it can be really beneficial. For example, people who don't have bank accounts, they can use this in a way and then they don't get charged for simple things like depositing a check. Um, it can also be really efficient for government payments like child um, benefits, food stamps, tax refunds, things like right. that. Because it's a lot more instantaneous and you don't have to wait for the check to come in the mail. I see. I see. Very interesting to note all of those benefits, um, Isabella. Thank you so much for helping us understand this thing that you know so many of us understand Bitcoin, or we think we do, but really underneath, maybe we don't understand it all. And you've been really helpful. I'd like to also thank very quickly our sponsors, the Dennis and Phyllis Washington Foundation, Stockman Bank, and Allegiance, they help us bring this and many more programs to you. 
Special thanks also to the University of Montana's International Development Studies Program. They are in partner with us this week as we bring a series of what, so what, now what to you on key issues that are supporting our Montana high schoolers prepare for the Academic World Quest competition coming up in March, uh, excuse me, in February and March this year. Isabella, thank you again for helping us understand digital currencies. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks for everybody who's watching. Take care. Be well. Bye-bye.